What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, brought to you as always by SorrySports.com. Sean and I jumped right in in episode 138, and we talked about the NBA All-Star Weekend, all the festivities going on there. Then we talked a little baseball. Um, Astro scandal's still going on. A lot of players are talking about it. Following that, we talked about a huge trade that happened in the MLB, set a lot of precedents. Finishing up with the XFL, a little bit of pop culture as well. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com, best website in the world. And shoot us an email if you have anything to say, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. Enjoy the pod, and we'll be back next week. Welcome back to Sorry to Interrupt. We're here on a Tuesday, second week in a row, man. Five days apart. More shit to talk about. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. We're rolling now. We're, we're two weeks in a row. We obviously didn't do the Monday. It was a holiday, but we are back and better than ever. We are back Some and definitely say. better than ever. That's right. I Some would disagree, did, though, but who the hell knows? Oh, no, no, no. All you need to do is listen to last week's, and it was like we didn't skip a beat. Oh, uh, we're the best. Was- we are. We're pretty damn good. So um, let's just jump into it, man. Um, you know, to be honest, this is a tough sports week. It's about the worst of the year because the NBA doesn't start up again until Thursday. There's really not a lot going on. You know, thank, well, well, I guess we could just thank the Houston Astros for, for everything, and we'll talk about them in a bit. But we had NBA All-Star Weekend, um, a lot of buzz around it, Always, always a huge event. The NBA does a great job with it. Um, what were some of your impressions from? Let's start off. Did you watch the celebrity game at all? Obviously, the the main marquee, right? Um, yeah, right. I, I did not. <laughs> I saw that Common. He is a Chicago native, so I guess he's deserving of it. Won the MVP. Um, I think he should win MVP for the introductions for the regular All Star game because I think he good did call. a really good job. Um, trying to figure out a rap for all of that. I thought he did an awesome job at that. Um. But he only had like 10 points in the game. I just looked at his stat line. I thought Quavo was going to go off for like 60, but I guess he took it easy. Um, Maybe he had a little bit of uh, a substance before the game. I'm just speculating. I'm not accusing. I'm speculating. That's Um, fair. But, yeah, you know, it's fun to see the celebrities get out there. I always like to see a dunk. I know a couple years ago, J. Cole had a nice alley-oop dunk from Kevin Hart. But I, I didn't watch it this year. Good for Common for winning, and it's always fun. It is fun. And, dude, honestly, I truthfully, you know, you, we know you're the pop culture guy, the two of us, although I certainly don't consider myself, like, you know, a hermit. But <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know, like, probably 40% of the people in this thing. Really? Yeah. There well, were a lot of names when they were given the rosters for Will Bond and Stephen A. I'm like, I have no idea who this is. So most of the time it's it's usually people that are from the area and then they fill it out yep. with, you know, people cancel and then they, they ask people last. I'm sure there was a lot of last minute cancels, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I canceled but last way, minute on I them. So I didn't, I Let's couldn't make it after Chicago. Contest. All right. Yeah. Well, um, I was going to say. This had some legitimate intrigue, but also some crazy controversy. Derek Jones Jr. wins this thing. He beats Aaron Gordon. I didn't watch it, saw the highlights. The scoring was absolutely atrocious, and everybody who was a judge on this should lose their jobs forever from as far as doing this ever again. What did you take away from it, man? I agree with you completely. Um, you know, Aaron Gordon, I wouldn't say he got robbed by Zach Levine because for the last two dunk contests, bleh, dunk contests he did just because I think he was great in those two, but Levine was a little bit better. This one he definitely got robbed in. And for a guy that's never won the dunk contest, I think he has some of the best tape out there when it comes to dunking for finishing second every single time. He totally got robbed. He had some – to dunk over a seven foot seven guy in itself, you should win the dunk contest. I think Derek Jones did the same dunk twice, similar dunk twice. And you know what? When it comes to the judging, 
I know you want to get celebrities in there and whatnot and build up the hype. I think that you need to. I, I think the judging panel should be reserved for former dunk contest winners alone. That's it. Or at least participants. Oh, that's a good, that's a good pick. Yeah, I like that idea. I don't remember. Ex- I know Candace Parker was in there. She won, a, she won a McDonald's All-American dunk contest. Fair enough. She can be in there. Dwayne Wade has never participated in a dunk contest in the NBA. Yeah, and is he not going to vote for his Miami guy? Exactly. And it's like, you have the guys there. How many times did you see Dominique in the contest? How many times? I mean, like on TV. How many times did you see Dr. J on the screen? Like, they were... It's not like you can tell me, oh, we couldn't get him to go. They were in the fucking stands. And you have some random people. I don't even know who one of the judges was, to be quite honest with you. Me neither. And on, maybe it's the thing that they some of those past champions didn't want to do it, but we have 30 years of this thing now. Yeah, you know, and I referenced this. 35 years. Exactly, and I referenced this last week. I mean, with the with the passing of Kobe Bryant, all these legends are still alive, and it's not like they're, they're vegetables. These guys are still out and about killing it in their suits. Why don't you throw them up on the judges' stand? I'm sure they wouldn't mind a little camera time. No, and even if some of the older ones don't want to do it, you know, I'm sure even get like Nate Robinson out there or, you know, somebody like that to do it who, who won, you know, 10 years ago. At I least get people ridiculous. that understand the difficulty of this shit, you know? Exactly, man. And here's my piece. Like, I don't care that much. I don't get riled up that much about it. You know, it's an event and it's really for kids. Like, it's not like it's a. It's to build the game. You're screaming about the dunk contest as an adult. I kind of am like, what are you doing? But I was more mad at the the scoring and the judging. It wasn't even so much that that Gordon didn't win. It was really, you give him a 40 for the dunk he'd had. He jumped over Taco fucking Fall. Exactly. I mean, it's not like he. Okay, he did a couple crazy dunks over a normal heighted human being, Chance the Rapper. Taco Fall is seven foot seven, and he cleared him cleanly. It's not like he put an arm on his shoulder to get over the guy. Nope, not at all. I think that was the mockery. Whether you want to say he won or lost, fine, but you know that was an absolute shit show of you know again not taking it seriously. And not that I'm saying this has to be something that's preserved. Because, you know, the dunks now, I mean, like, what dunk hasn't been done? You're not getting any more Air Jordans. You're well, that's the crazy part. Aaron Gordon had, like, two dunks that hadn't been done before, and he still didn't win. Exactly. I was going to say, you know, for the most part, we're not seeing the most original stuff. Maybe some new props here and there or some new stunts, but nothing that's so awe-inspiring like some of the ones that we look back on from the heyday of this contest. But just to have the mockery of it, of giving him a 40. And then I did, I, this part I loved, I'm sure you'll agree, is when they asked Gordon afterwards about whether he, you know, felt like he got robbed or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'll probably never do it again. Good for him. I wouldn't do it either. There's clearly nothing he can do that's good enough to appease these people. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't do it again either. Yeah, good for him. Hang it up. You got some good tape out there, and, and the world knows you got robbed. He's a great dunker. But he's also a skilled player. Give him credit. Um, he's on my Orlando Magic. So, I mean, your Orlando Magic. That's right. I have him to go to the playoffs again, my friend. Um, yes. No, I know. All right. So let's move on to the game itself. Um, I'll tell you what. They played a little bit harder than than I thought they've played in the last few years. It was most of them said it was a tribute to Kobe. I like what they did with the jerseys honoring him and his daughter. Um, I didn't watch the game when it first came out. I watched it. The night after, I don't know if they did a tribute to the rest of the family members. I would hope that they did, or the rest of the people they that did, were lost. Yeah. Um, that's good. Good job by the NBA. Again, I mentioned Commons intro. Uh, that was that was probably one of the highlights of the whole thing for me. Um, what'd you think of the new format? Instead of there being a time constraint, there was a points limit. This I actually liked a lot. I enjoyed um, it. So- yeah, me too. So Especially the, the ending. Went, oh, the ending was great. And correct me if I'm wrong at any point here, but what it was was the first three quarters, you, you play to, to win the quarter, and then you take that amount or whatever it has accumulated over three, and you set some kind of final point tally in the fourth quarter, so whoever gets to that point tally first wins. Am I, am I right about that? Yeah, something along those lines. It's more of like a, a scrimmage kind of thing. They do that in practice. It's also done in the big three. Not along, not like that, but there is a 
it's basically a scoring limit where once the team yeah. gets to that number, the game's over. It's predicated on um, this thing called the Elam ending, which is this guy who, who was in college, like uh, an Ivy League college guy years ago. Uh, he theorized this formula to, to get this, and you know the NBA, I guess, had been working with him relatively recently because they saw it work in the Big Three or the basketball tournament, whichever one it was. And um, thought that they would apply it here just, you know, with the number being 24, obviously, because of Kobe Bryant. Um, so it ended up finishing it, the final total, you know, whoever reached 157 first one. It's kind of anticlimactic ending on a free throw. But I think as far as an entertainment value, you know, I, I didn't watch it. But from everybody that I've talked to and heard over the last few days, it was a resounding success. Everybody loved the intensity that was picked up in that fourth quarter with guys not wanting to come out of the game, giving their heart and soul like it's game seven of the NBA finals, except every player is, you know, of elite caliber, the, some of the 10 best players in the entire world. Defense being played, you know, and like you said, is this an honor of Kobe? And then it goes back to normal next year. I don't know, but I want to see more years of this format. I think that. I think it was really cool that they did it that way because let's be honest, the NBA all-star game, it's an event, but it's a shit show of a competition. Anytime you can pick it up a little bit, you know, I think we're in agreement. Baseball's got the best all-star game, but even that's a bit gimmicky at times with all the pitching changes and whatnot, trying to get everybody in the game. Uh, I think if you want to definitely achieve viewership and, and positive feelings about the all-star game, the NBA hit a home run here. I absolutely agree with you. I don't think it'll ever cross over to the real thing, but in order to make the game more interesting and kind of fit in with the rest of the weekend, because it is an event, and I think for All-Star Weekend and whatnot, the NBA does it better than any of the other major sports, and I don't think it's really close. Um, I think MLB's in second, but it's kind of a distant second. Um, But yeah, I, I had a lot of fun watching it, and you could kind of feel the intensity towards the end there, watching the replay and whatnot. Yeah, it's cool, and I think, you know, hearing from real hardcore NBA fans and also, you know, casual sports fans, I think the general consensus was that the NBA All-Star Game was really not anything that was all that great. Um, so the fact that both parties, the, the hardcore fan and the casual fan, could agree that this was a really good watch and highly entertaining for, you know, the last 15 minutes, the last 12 minutes, you know, that's something that I think the NBA is going to look at and say, okay, positive reviews. This is the direction we're going to go in as far as all-star game format for the next five plus years. Absolutely. And, and again, I thought the dunk contest was really good. Um, I thought it was really fun and I'll, I'll keep watching. I don't think there was anything wrong with the format. Just going back to that. I just think it was the terrible judging. That's all. What do, you, do you like the way the, the weekend is organized, starting with the celebrity game, and then you've got the skills contest? Well, the first the thing to kick off every weekend is the, is the rookie-sophomore game. Um, that's right. That's on Thursday. That's always yeah, a lot Friday. of fun. It's on Friday night, along with the yep. um, along directly followed by the celebrity game. Then Saturday right. night, obviously, you have the, the skills comp. Um before that, you have some old school thing where they shoot half court shots and shit that the the pro the old pros come out and do with the current guys and some WNBA stars, and then you get into the three point shootout and the dunk contest, and then finally on Saturday night you have you know a full day's worth of coverage, seeing what the guys are wearing, presses, oh, blah blah blah. I'm sorry, yeah. Sunday night, and then it's it ends with the game, and I think it's perfect because you know what, it's honestly an event for every city that they come to. And it's not just the NBA that it has to do with nowadays because you have major brands going out there doing things specifically for, you know, just this weekend. Like this weekend, a huge pair of shoes came out that's going to be worth a lot of money with the off-white Jordan 5s that, of course, I tried to get. And, of course, I didn't get because I was going to try and flip them to make, you know, 500x on on my on my investment. And they okay, had, yeah. and they had um, events all over the place. I'm sure Adidas did something. Kanye West just put out his new basketball sneakers, and it's an event. Unlike the MLB All Star Game, it's almost like the Super Bowl. Honestly, this weekend, 
if I could comp it to anything. It's obviously not as big and it doesn't mean anything compared to the championship, but the whole weekend is like it's like an event that people in sports go to. That's a really good analysis of it, I think, man. I because I, I I get the same way, you know, like whether I watched it this weekend or not is really irrelevant. The important thing is that a lot of people did. You knew it was going on, and it's getting sport. even bigger as the Super Bowl is in in the social media era. And you didn't even honestly, I didn't even watch a single second. I watched replays of everything, but I didn't watch live any of it. But I knew exactly what was going on just based off social media. Right, you know it's a big deal because all the sports talk shows are there. Every, you know, all the podcasts are going from there. It's like it's a big, you know, shoe releases are happening. The the real bridge from entertainment to athlete is there, and it's on full display. And I think baseball should take a should take a note of this. I think I think baseball what they should do because hockey does the same thing too. I know hockey and baseball are regional sports. And they're not quite the global icon behemoth that the NBA is, or you know, obviously that the NFL is. But if baseball were to take their All Star game and put it, at, you know, have the home run derby on, let's say a, a a Saturday night, you know, and Friday you have that celebrity All Star game, or you do maybe another event or something. Well, they do the softball Saturday... game. It's just, it's just right. not. It's not of the same. It's played on a monday night after the home run derby you know if you do the home run derby on saturday at six and make it a whole big thing or at seven and you've got the lead up to that and then you play the all-star game on sunday you know at like 4 30 or five o'clock or something like that maybe even six that would be huge you'd get so many eyeballs and it would again be an event to that city that's that it's hosting not you're playing on you know home run derby on a monday night and the all-star game on a tuesday night you know, it's it just doesn't feel the same. I think baseball could definitely learn from the NBA and the NHL here. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I think that they should have a weekend. I just think it's a given, and I'm shocked that they haven't. I don't really it's know. It's because baseball is so over-traditional, and we'll talk about them in a second, but they're so they're such traditionalists. And, you know, in the, forever it's been held, you know, you're, the, the first half ends on that Sunday, and then you have Monday with the home run derby. And another event that I was I forgot to say is the futures game, you know the 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 um, between the world and the and the U.S. and you have all the top prospects playing. That's being played on Sunday when other MLB games are on. You know, like that's that's a complete waste. And it's on MLB Network and nobody's watching because they're watching their team play. I think they should have that on Friday. Then you have the home run derby Saturday, and then you've got the All Star game Sunday. Like that's such an easy format. But they've been doing it this way for God knows how long, and they feel like they never have to change anything. Yeah, I it, I mean, listen, they talk about how they want to grow the game, and then they do things like that, and it kind of just goes the opposite way. Yeah, and curious to basketball, because, man, I, I we hear it wasn't that long ago. It was 40 years ago that they were on the, the finals was on tape delay. And now they're after right after the NFL, they're the biggest thing in the sports world, and it's because they do things like this and prioritize things like this and have that relationship with counterculture and pop culture. Um, it's a big deal. I think they, I think the whole weekend is a huge success, and I and I love the modifications that they made to the game this year. Absolutely. So speaking of MLB, that was a fun weekend. It's time to get back to the second half of the NBA. Um, Agreed. And I need some sports because I'm getting tired of it. This week is bored. bad. Yeah. What can yeah. you do, man? I guess go to the movies or something. Um, all right. So let's talk some MLB. Obviously, we're going to talk Astros because it is the off season. Free agency is pretty much done. Um, Manfred released a press statement on the defense of the punishment, and he's in a little bit of trouble for it. He called the World Series a piece of metal, I think, and, and there's the an apology. Trophy, yeah. Yeah, he's called the World Series trophy a piece of metal, and he's issued an apology. Um, not a good optic, kind of a just an asinine thing to say in general. Isn't that what you're playing for? It's not the trophy yeah. is a symbol of of winning the championship. It's not just a piece of metal. No, uh, no, it's actually something that's you know displayed in the Sports Hall of Fame and in the you know. 
At its core, yes, I get it. It is just a piece of metal and whatever. But every (laughs) fucking player that goes to spring training and and works out all offseason is trying to get that piece of metal. Am I wrong here? Absolutely not. Um, Yeah, it wasn't. I think you said it perfectly. It was an asinine thing to say. Um, I think, you know, Manfred, he makes mistakes. You know, everybody makes mistakes. He's a very smart guy. I think he just said a really stupid thing because he's been so frustrated at this. What did you make from the rest of his comments? And, you know, before we really get deep, dive deeper into this, because even more has transpired since we last talked Thursday. What do you think the state is with Manfred right now across MLB? I think really we have to see what comes out about the Red Sox and how he deals with that, because I think his ass is in a lot of hot water. Um, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the owners are all his boss and – if he can stay in good with them, he'll be fine. But there, there's, there's been a lot of backlash. And, and if you listen to talk radio across the country, aside from probably in Houston and maybe in Boston in the next couple of days, people are not happy with this punishment at all. They, they thought it was way too weak. And listen, man, I think you just hit – I mean, you ended up segueing this perfectly because, honestly, forget about what public perception is. I mean, public perception matters, obviously – we're buying the tickets, we're buying the, you know, television packages and the rest, but what's really going on here is the players. And we've seen really since Thursday players of incredible, incredible, you know, esteem within the sport coming out with comments that are just absolutely damning. I mean, Aaron Judge today saying that, you know, he took down the post of him congratulating Altuve because he didn't feel like he earned it. And then, you know, saying that in 17, you know, they cheated. Their their title should be vacated. I want to read a couple of quotes to you from prominent guys. I don't usually do this because, you know, we can form our own opinions. But I think, honestly, some of these, for people that haven't heard them, are really huge. Cody Bellinger here. I thought Manfred's punishment was weak given the immunity. I mean, these guys were cheating for three years. I think what people don't realize is Altuve stole an MVP from Judge in 17. Everyone knows they stole the ring from us. That's huge. Nick Markakis saying today, I feel like every single guy over there needs a beating. Mm. Justin Turner, the idea of an asterisk or asking for a piece of metal back seems like a futile act. People will always know something was different about the 17 season. Whether we made that decision right or wrong, we undertook a thorough investigation and had – the intestinal fortitude to share the results of the investigation, even when those results were not very pretty. For him to devalue it in this way he did yesterday, talking about Manfred, just tells me how out of touch he is with the players in this game. At this point, the only thing devaluing that trophy is the fact that it says commissioner on it. Ooh. Your boy, Mike Trout, this last one. It's sad for baseball. Man, Mike Trout, the face of the game, the best player in the game. And he doesn't out talk out much. Never, never says it's sad for baseball. It's tough. They cheated. I don't agree with the punishments. The players are not getting anything. It was a player-driven thing. It sucks, too, because everyone's got every guy's careers have been affected. A lot of people lost jobs. It was tough. Me going up to the plate knowing what was coming, it would be pretty fun up there. I lost some respect for some guys. All the stuff coming out, it's tough to see. I mean, you want scathing, dis- like just absolutely bomb after bomb, comments being thrown by the by the game's best players they have no respect for these astros players they have no respect for the commissioner of baseball for the punishment that he handed down and the fact that he is devaluing the championship and you know what it stands for dude this is really bad this is really really bad i agree and kudos to those players for speaking out um my take on that, it's a two-prong take. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, and clearly the Astros played most teams in the MLB over those three years, um, and, and, and a lot of players were affected. When it comes to Mike Trout and Bryce Harper, I would say maybe you guys should make the playoffs first before you guys talk. Yeah, but we know that in baseball, that's not their problem. That's not their fault. Right? And that's why I think it's huge that guys like Trout did talk out. I'm going to stick to my stance here, make the goddamn playoffs if you're the best player in the world. The best player of all time, in my opinion. Obviously, everyone knows that. Um, Not his fault. There's only so much they can do in baseball. I understand that. But, again, with that being said, he was still affected and probably in the regular season. Um, The other thing I have to say, I I agree with it completely. But, you know, 
if they're going to be making comments like this, it's interesting because then their noses must be squeaky clean. And, and the Astros and possibly the Red Sox must have been a real outlier because, you know, when it came to the steroids thing, uh, unless you were a complete idiot like Rafael Palmero, there was really no player speaking out so badly about it because they were all doing it, you know? So. Oh, absolutely. They must have been... When it comes to this extent, they must have been really big outliers. And again, I mean, even Beltran mentioned it. Like, this was when they got down to it and he joined the team and Cora joined the team and whatnot. It was a really complex thing that they were running there. It was. I mean, email upon email and, and just it was a, it was almost a CIA deal. I mean, it's, all, it's always the emails. That's how people need to stop spend, sending emails. Yeah, people aren't very bright. Um, and it's crazy. I think you made such a good point about the PEDs and, and steroids. Is because, you know, I guarantee you, if you go back through the heart of the steroid era, every single World Series championship team had somebody doing it. You know, even if it was the guy that was the 25th man on the roster, somebody was doing it. And it was a league-wide epidemic. It was... It was not something that was instituted by one organization. It's not like you could say, well, when you went to play for the New York Yankees, you knew you were taking steroids, you know, and there was this elaborate plan. No, I mean, everybody knows that you can point to Canseco maybe being one of the first pioneers to do it. I mean, uh, I'm sure he'll claim he was, too. He likes to talk a lot. But, again, just going back, like, there was never the, – the, the faces of the game were not – Saying like A Rod, who obviously we know his history with it, before he got caught, was not damning Mark McGuire and all these other guys like like Trout and Judge are. No, because again, because he was, was doing it, was it. A, it, and it was a league wide thing. It wasn't an organizational thing, and that's the that's the biggest issue with this whole with this whole saga is MLB deemed it an organizational and institutional thing that obviously the players benefited from. So if it's one team that has a distinct advantage over everybody else, especially in that building, you know, players don't like that because here's the thing about PEDs. Does it make you better? Of course it does. If it, if it didn't make you better, if it didn't help stage off injuries, if it didn't help add more power and prolific, you know, statistics to your overall numbers nobody would ever take them right so i'm not going to be an idiot and say or ignorant and say that they don't help you but if you're getting signs you know you still have to hit the ball you still it with steroids you still have to try to guess what's coming you're still facing pitching in the ultimate chess match which is between a pitcher and a hitter right in this case that ultimate chess match was completely dominated. It was like a 30-year-old playing against a 3-year-old. And and it was being utilized. I don't want to hear about how some players didn't do it or some players didn't capitalize it or the pitchers didn't benefit from it. Pitchers absolutely benefited from it because they got a lot more runs scored for them than other time than other teams pitchers did, particularly in Houston. I'm not saying that Justin Verlander is not a great pitcher or Garrett Cole is not a great pitcher or Lance McCullers Jr. wasn't a great pitcher, but you mean to tell me that you know that you don't have to give up one or two runs? You can get away with four or five because you know your team's going to score that much in an inning? I mean, that's that's what they're talking about here. This was a whole thing. And the Astros, I think the whole reason that these players are speaking out so profoundly about them is because they're not showing any remorse. And they, there's nothing that can be done to them. And now you have Manfred saying and warning other teams to not throw at them or they're going to be punished. So it's like the Astros are being rewarded for being these criminals. And that's how players feel. So let me ask you, let's say we reopen the investigation. Let's say 2017 is reopened. We want to go even further. And let's say 2019, which was basically just thrown aside because baseball wanted to sweep this under the rug. And obviously the, the opposite happened. What do you do now? Do you, if you're a player is now taking away the championship good enough for you, or does more have to be done? I don't think what taking away the done? championship will really do much. I mean, I can understand it as being part, but I think you got to hit it. If there's some concrete proof against these guys 
first of all, I don't think they're going to reopen the investigation. But if they were to, I think you got to hit them where it hurts, in the wallet. Now, going up against the Players Association is a tall task in itself. But again, keep in mind, the Astros aren't the only players in the, in the PA. It's all these other guys that are pissed off, and that's a vast majority. Yes, and that's the tough part. I mean, they are out for blood, obviously. So what do they want? I guess that's my question, is if you were a player in the major leagues and you're Cody Bellinger or Darren Judge or Mike Trout, what do you want to see happen? Well, you're a professional baseball player, and you do this ultimately at the end of the day to make a living. And I think you got to hit them where it hurts. Because yeah, you know what, I and mean, that I was gonna say that'll make a real impact. And I think if you start finding guys and you set that precedent, then this this truly may never happen again. It might not be worth it if these fines are significant. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't even thought about that as an option. I mean, the World Series championship. I mean, from the get go, you and I were in agreement with it could have been the real thing that brought the house down, right? Because. For the Astros, this is their only ever World Series championship. They've been there before as a National League team, and then obviously this past year losing to the Nationals. But they've never had a championship before. And if you take away their only one and they have to take down all their banners and signs and 2017 World Series championship stuff and the players have to give away their their rings, I mean, I think that is is very damaging. But now it seems like it's almost done out of, you know, out of a forced job as opposed to really wanting to the suspensions is something that's very interesting but again is that going to get passed through the players union after these players were granted immunity and where do you start with suspensions and what do you do for players that have been long on other teams well that's the whole thing i mean you'd have to have some damning concrete proof against an individual player to get past the players union not to mention they already were granted immunity so this is pretty much a mute point but unpaid suspension for 60 games sounds good to me i mean you don't have to do the full uh the first domestic violence is what 135 uh, something like that. Well, this obviously yeah. isn't domestic violence, and I don't think it should be treated as such. But with that being said, I mean, the MLB really does have some egg on their face. I, it, draws well, first, par- it draws parallels to me. And again, I'm, this has nowhere near as bad as Ray Rice. But if you don't remember the Ray Rice thing, that was wrapped up and done. And then the video came out, which shouldn't have been right. The... The NFL already had all the information of what happened, and they should have based the suspension off such. But then the video came out, and there was such uproar against it that they had to end up, you know, basically suspend, putting him on the commissioner's exemplist, and him basically it ended his career. Before that, he was only suspended, I believe, what two games? Two games. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it honestly draws a lot of parallels to that for me. And if they did reopen this investigation, it would kind of feel that way for me. Where it's like, oh, I didn't know you guys were going to get this upset. So I guess we have to revisit it. Where they already have all the evidence in front of them. That's a really good comp, actually. And you're right. You hate to try to draw any kind of parallel between what Ray Rice did and what the Astros did. But as far as the handling of the initial punishment... I think you draw a very good comparison there. I mean, what what we're clearly seeing here is the outcry by the prominent players. And baseball is a game that you and I love, but we also understand that there's a lot of gray area and nuance in the unwritten rules, right? Of throwing at a guy under this circumstance or, you know you don't steal a base here or respect the game, whatever that means in that circumstance. And I get it, you know, don't bunt on a pitcher who's throwing a no hitter, those kind of things. What's interesting here is that, you know, the players are going to want to police this. And even though I'm all for every single kind of penalty that you can have, give the Astros, you can't start throwing the baseball hundred miles an hour at these guys every game and I think ESPN just a quick comment did a really horseshit job yesterday of giving it up showing an over under of pitch hit by pitches that Astros players are going to face this year because now you're just promoting 
you know, target practice by guys that throw the ball in the upper 90s to 100 miles an hour. I agree plus, with you. ESPN's gone gambling like crazy, though, once it became legal. They're just doing whatever they can now to drum yeah, up something. I get it, but it's still like, you know, this isn't – I'm all for baseball getting attention, but I don't really want it to be done in this way. We all understand there's going to be ramifications, but, you know, you get playing favorites because now you've got Sean Doolittle – talking about how great of a teammate Will Harris is after discussing the whole scheme with the Astros. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, okay, maybe Will Harris didn't really even know what was going on. But, again, he's another player that benefited from this system. You got Jake Marisnik on the Mets and J.D. Davis on the Mets. You've got Marwin Gonzalez on the Twins issuing apologies and talking about how remorseful they are. But they know they're good because they are not ever going to play for the Astros again. Astros players currently, particularly Bregman, Correa, and Altuve, the nucleus of this team, you know, they're going to – they can't run away now. And and you can see that they're already tired and done with answering questions. Well, tough news for them. They're going to be answering them all year long and probably longer than that. And players are – they're going to want to take matters into their own hand and Manfred's going out there and saying, uh-uh. But then again, the players, it's like, wait a minute, so now you know you're going to punish us? for throwing at these guys that cost friends of ours, teammates of ours, ourselves, jobs, you know, bonuses, trophies, and World Series potentially. I mean, I agree with you. And then, you know what? They're getting up a revolution right now, man. And and they're getting hit by pitches or it's going to get out of hand because they're not going to listen and then there's going to be brawls and it's going to get ugly. Yeah, and then those players are going to get suspended because you're going to try to set a precedent if you're MLB and MLBPA, right? I mean, you're going to try to set a precedent that – Hey, every umpire is going to be warned, notified, and absolutely prepared. Every pitch of every inning of every game that the Astros are involved in, all 162 minimum of them. And, you know, if we start to see the first one, the second one, the third one, you know, now you're going to have to start issuing, you know, 25-game suspensions, 20-game suspensions for players that are intentionally throwing at these hitters. And the question is, is that going to be enough to say, yeah, you know what? I'm a guy who's on the AAA MLB shuttle. Yeah, I'll fucking do it. Why not? I'll win a lot of respect for my team. I'm not going to pitch in a lot of games anyway, and it's worth it. Or are you going to say, okay, that's a lot of time and money. I, I don't want to do this. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. But it's there's a revolution here uh, and a tension between players that we really haven't seen in a in a really long time even in the steroid era because everybody had teammates that were doing it right even if you hated a rod or you hated bonds or you hated clemens you had teammates that were doing it too so you can't really you could you didn't have a lot of you didn't have a leg to stand on here you do and it's uh it's a really big deal Absolutely, man. And I don't know what they're going to do with the punishments. But again, my stance is the only thing that's going to affect these guys is if you hit them where it hurts, that's in the wallet. And fines and suspensions are the only way I think you can do it. And if you can prove that a guy was involved or, I mean, you can't suspend a whole team, but even Marwin Gonzalez, if you can prove that he was involved in 2017, suspend him 30 games without pay. You know, I don't think anybody would be too upset about that. I, I actually agree with you. The only thing I kind of differentiate from you on is I think we can assume that they were all involved. And you almost have a Black Sox thing, right, where it's like you're, you were on this team, you were playing, you had statistics. Even if everybody and yourself swear to God you didn't do this, you are guilty by association because you sure as shit didn't stop it. Yep. And then how do you suspend those players? I mean, Uh, then you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to spread it out. Suspend two this month, suspend two next month. I don't know what you got to do. I mean, who cares if the Astros suck this year? And that's the hard part because some of the guys aren't Astros. I mean, let's just – I was talking about this with a friend of mine today because this is an interesting, I think, dilemma. Let's say the 2019 Astros get real. That investigation actually gets reopened. One could say just opened because I don't really think it was ever taken seriously because, again, I think baseball wanted to just sweep it under the rug. Not to mention they were a pretty solid team in 2018 as well. 
They were. They they lost to the Red Sox in the ALCS in in, uh, in five games. You're right, and you know you you believe that shit wasn't going on then. So let's look at Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole signs the nine-year, three hundred and twenty-six million dollar deal with the New York Yankees. He's poised for to take over the role of the ace on this team. There's a lot of hype, a lot of excitement. He was a pitcher. He wasn't a hitter. But, again, I think they benefited from that just as much as the hitters do because of the runs that were scored for him. Say it turns out that the Astros were wearing buzzers and Altuve did have something and that all of these numbers were inflated in 2019, too. And you go to the players and you say, listen, I understand that you signed this deal, and I understand that if this didn't come out, you'd be pitching, but... Garrett Cole, you're suspended the first 80 games of the 2020 season. That would really fucking suck for Yankee fans and the New York Yankees. But you know what that will do? I, that will assure you that absolutely nothing like this will ever happen again. And as shitty as it would be, if it means preserving just a little bit of the fabric of the of the game and the credibility of the game that seems to be uh, just losing right now, I think you kind of have to do that. I don't know where you stand on that. I agree with you, man. It's a tough situation to be in. I'm thankful that I don't have to make that decision. Good luck to Manfred because, listen, I, I know he works for how many MLB teams are there, 30? Mm-hmm. He works for 30 of them. I bet you 29 aren't happy about this, or 28 because, you know, the Red Sox are, are in hot water too. True. And that's a majority True. right there. So uh, I don't know what he's going to do because, again, the fans and the players are upset. He only answers to the owners, but 28 of them are probably pretty pissed. Yeah, I think it's just – it's very unfortunate. Prominent players are pissed. Fans are pissed. Owners are pissed. And I think, uh, you know what, he's stretching out this Boston one part. I bet you he was done. With this Boston one, or damn near close to it, and then all this outroar came against him, and now he's like, "Fuck! If I, if I'm leaning on the Red Sox because what they did wasn't as bad, or along those lines, or whatever, it doesn't matter at this point because people are just pissed that they that they did anything." True, and I think another guy that's not getting enough shit for this, and probably is also a part of the reason why the Red Sox 2018 investigation hasn't been you know made public is Tony Clark. He hasn't talked at all. And, you know, if you're players, yeah, you can be pissed at Manfred, but Manfred had to work with Tony Clark to make sure players were granted immunity and that they were going to be able to get to the bottom of this. This was not a collectively bargained thing. So he had to get Tony Clark's approval. And Tony Clark hasn't said a goddamn thing. And I think if players are really pissed, you should talk to him too. Absolutely. He's supposed to be covering your asses, and he seems to be much more preoccupied with covering the asses of the, of the Astros players. It's a tough situation, man, and it's really not a good look for baseball. Do you think that this is about as bad as baseball could have it right now? I I do, because you know what? At least you could say, now the steroid era was tough, but at least you could say it increased the interest in the game. This did nothing good for the game. True. You know, You're talking about the steroid era when it was going on, not when we found out about exactly. it. Exactly. Like, during the heyday of the steroid era, the interest in baseball increased with the home run race of McGuire and Sosa and then obviously Barry Bonds getting to 73 and all the other guys wrapped up in it. Baseball was growing at that time, and it was a pretty hot sport. This, baseball, is nothing good has come of this. No, it hasn't. I, I agree with you. So I at think least you could say, as... As bad as the steroid era was, and it's not good for human health and all that other crap, at least there's a silver lining. There's nothing for this. Yeah, that's a good point. I I, I guess, you know, with the steroid era in, in, in baseball, once it came out and you had the Mitchell Report and all that shit, you know, you, you could vilify certain people, but it was so subjective, right? I mean, if, the, if you had your Jason Giambis and Andy Pettit's, and David Ortiz is of the world who was like, ah, well, you know what, everybody was doing it, and they're lovable, or he was doing it to treat an injury or whatever, so he's fine. And we don't really, we're not going to vilify him. You know, Giambi celebrated, Pettit celebrated. Ortiz is, you know, an icon in baseball and obviously in Boston. 
but then you have your A-Rods and your Clemens and your Bonds, who people hated anyway. And it just made it easier to hate on them and for the public to lose their shit. This, it, there's nothing likable about this, to your point. I mean, exactly. And with the steroid era, you could just justify it. Same way you could justify underage drinking. Everybody's doing it. True. Yeah, that's a good. that's a good comparison, yeah. I mean, I don't condone it, but everybody's doing it. Right, you know the person who's getting the kid who's getting straight A still, or you know is 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 on dean's list in college and playing sport and doing well and likes to have a couple drinks here and there. Oh, he's fine, you know he's clean. But you know you get your degenerate who's walking around stumbling, doesn't have a license. Well, he sucks anyways. And jobless, right? But they suck anyway. So the drinking is just something you could underage drinking is something you can pile on top of. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, man, tough situation to be in, and I don't really know the outcome. But honestly, my final thought on it is the only way that the players that feel wrong by this are going to feel vindicated is probably by hitting these guys where it hurts in the wallet, and that's all I have to say. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that that's there. I think vacating the championship, I think that has to be done now because I think that will bring justification. I think if you take Altuve's MVP away, and you take the World Series away from them and force them to give back their rings and force them to take down all their only championship shit, I, I think that, that that really hurts them too because now they can never walk around saying they were the 2017 World Champions ever again. That's tough. I I, I really don't think they will. It's, again, I'm in agreement with you. I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. Either. But something, something more has got to be done. Or, you know what, there might just be complete... Fucking chaos. I think that, honestly, they're going to say, screw this, and just start hitting guys no matter how much suspension they get. Yep, and even players who are on other teams, now that that's out. Marwin Gonzalez isn't going to be safe. Uh, And now you got players who are forced to defend teammates who are now theirs. And that's, that's the difficult part about it, too. Yeah, absolutely, man. So last thing we're going to talk about when it comes to the MLB is a big trade that happened. We didn't talk about it last week because... We had a lot to go over. Let's just face facts here. And that's the Mookie Betts deal that finally went through with the L.A. Dodgers. The Twins part of it fell out, um, but they got that deal done, and I, I think it's hilarious. Uh, I hate, As a Red Sox hater myself, I am loving this. Oh, how could you not? How could you not? So this you get great. rid of Mookie Betts, and honestly, a pitcher who I like as much as we make fun of him for his woes against the Yankees, in David Price, he was a key part in leading them to the World Series last year in 2018, whether that was cheated or not, and they really didn't save that much money. It really doesn't make any sense of why they needed to get rid of Mookie Betts so bad, and all their reasons just don't make sense. No, they don't. I think because they're, they 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 paid for about half a price's contract. So to get off that contract, you had to pay half of it for him not to be on your team. They had to fill in with a couple other players that they signed. So they're paying about the same. They wanted to get below this tax so badly. Not to mention they were trying to justify it by saying Mookie Betts is wanted a four hundred million dollar deal. Well, the only and and they offered him a three hundred million dollar deal. The only player that's ever gotten that is Mike Trout. And Mookie Betts is a top five player in baseball, probably, maybe top ten. And he is a former MVP. But he's no Mike Trout, number one. And number two, he's not a free agent until next year. So let him go explore the open market, not get $400 million, and then meet around the middle at $330 million. And you have one of the best players in the history of Red Sox baseball locked in for another ten years. I think that's the biggest thing, man. I, I, I agree and am absolutely in lockstep with everything that you just said, which I that which to a non to a Red Sox hater and a non Boston sports fan makes me giddy because this is a franchise that prints money. I mean they're they're, you know, five hundred million a year. Their ticket you know, Fenway sold out every night. You got they own the whole Nash. street. They own, they own the, the whole area around it, for Christ's sake. Everything's, I don't know if you've ever been to Fenway, but every single fucking thing within 10 square miles is owned by the Red Sox. Yeah, and, and that's, the, that's the thing that when you're getting down to the nitty-gritty of it makes it so inexcusable because you basically didn't want to pay a guy who might get one of the richest contracts in the sport and you're 
so desperate to move him that you're also going to pay for one of your top three starters in your rotation to leave too. And you're going to bring back two prospects, one who's hurt with a back injury in Verdugo. Hurt with a back injury, got a bad attitude, is overweight. The other guy, Jeter, whatever, funny he's named after Derek Jeter, is a mid-level prospect, and then they got a catcher who's a low-level prospect, not even in the top 100. It's It's hilarious. it, It just goes to show the volatility of organizations. And when we're, you know, when fans are screaming and yelling about not signing this guy, this guy, and this guy... This is a business that has to be figured out and discussed and, and, and analyzed in totality by the general manager, the owner, and every single baseball person in the front office, including every analytics nerd. And what I'm talking about that is the Red Sox sold their soul to the devil to get that 2018 championship. You know, they gave Price a deal that nobody else was going to come close to giving him and forcing him to go there even though he wanted to be anywhere other than Boston. You know, you, you re-signed Nathan Evaldi to this giant deal that was really a thank you deal because of what he did for them in the World Series. You give Chris Sale this mega contract. You've been, tra- you've been you know, paying Rick Porcello for a while. So much so that you're, as you're, your best player in franchise history since Ted Williams, and I yes, I'm mean that even in front of Yastrzemski and Fisk and and Jim Rice and Manny and Ortiz. I mean, as far as an everyday, all-around five-tool player, this guy is that good. And Mookie Betts is blossoming in front of your eyes, and you're realizing, oh, my God, we can't keep this guy. Not to mention he's only 27. It's crazy. And all the things you said, it's hilarious because they're 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 probably not even going to be below the tax this year for number one. And even if they did hand out all those contracts, who the fuck cares? You guys print money. Don't cry poor to me. I think that's the biggest thing that Red Sox fans have a problem with, man, is they're not understanding. How can you, know, you justify about- the ticket prices? Because I've looked at Red Sox to Yankee ticket prices. How can you justify those prices without being able to say that you're putting the best product on the field because you wanted to save money? The Boston Red Sox are furthermore showing that I think this ownership is selling the team because you don't do this if you're in it for the long haul because being a tax team, we see it in the NBA, see it in baseball time. Yes, do you want to get under the tax threshold for a year so it can reset? Absolutely. But you know what? You do owe your fan base an opportunity to see a championship team every year and trading arguably a top five player ever in the history of your franchise for nothing other than a little bit of salary relief is something that they're not going to get back up from. This is, this is as big of a deal as we've ever seen. Honestly. I mean, this I think is right up there with the Red Sox selling Babe Ruth to the Yankees. Yep. And I think it's going to come back to haunt them. It, it, it might. I mean, it, the curse of Mookie Betts, I mean, 100 years later. I mean, I have no idea, but it's, you know, with the Yankees, though, you know, you didn't sign this guy or you didn't sign this guy or you didn't bring in this guy or, you know, you can't pay everybody. But you look at what organizations like the Yankees and Dodgers do and they're, you know, they're machines because they draft incredibly well. You know, the Red Sox don't have any prospects that are anywhere close to being great that are coming up. The the Yankees also make very shrewd business decisions with bringing in players that have long, you know, that have a little bit of potential but aren't up for any kind of payment soon or big big salary soon. Your Gio Urshela's, your Mike Talkman's of the world, right? But you want to know what else and the then, Yankees do? They don't get rid of icons. But that's because they do all these other things so well. You know, if the if the Yankees and Dodgers and Cubs, the Cubs are running into this situation too now because they overpaid for so many guys to win that 2016 championship and sold off so many prospects and sold and and signed so many bad contracts to guys that they're not gonna they're they might have to trade Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, that's crazy to me. Because they can't pay everybody. Because Jason Hayward's making $23 million a year in right field for another two or three years. Another team that I mean, prints they, money. Exactly. 
But even those teams, you know, you're going to have to pay Wilson Contreras. You're going to have to pay Javi Baez. You're going to have to pay Rizzo. You're going to have to pay a lot of these guys. And bad but, the, but here's the thing. The Red Sox, Dodgers, Yankees, and Cubs, and maybe you could throw one more team in there that I might be forgetting, are teams that you you can't justify getting rid of a guy just for money when it comes to me, period. Like, if you told me the Yankees were getting rid of Judge because he was too expensive, I would lose my fucking mind. Like, the Giancarlo Stan thing. The Marlins had to get rid of him because he was too much money, too, taking up too much of what they could spend in salary. Understandable. They're a small market team. Nobody shows up to the games. There's a million other things to do in Florida. They're not marquee. They don't make any money. Understandable. When you name those four teams and maybe a fifth that I'm not thinking of, it's inexcusable when it's just for money. Yeah, I, I it's it it's yeah. You're right, man. I mean, it it, it would be the equivalent of the Yankees trading. Actually, it would be it's still worse because Aaron Judge hasn't had the overall success yet. And he's older, he's and he's not as good of a player as Betts. Let's face facts. Betts is better. Bets is better. It, it's and he's going to be so much fun to see in LA in that vast outfield. I mean, they are going to be. I think the Dodgers probably are World Series early World Series favorites, in my opinion. I totally agree. I don't know how you could say anything more. I mean, but we see there is a price to pay because these teams do make bad decisions, and one bad decision can impact others. I mean, the Yankees. Yes, you know they had to absorb Jacoby Ellsbury's or or you know onus contract but the reason they were able to do that is because Joe Urshel is making nothing Gary Sanchez is making nothing Aaron Judge is making nothing you read you give Aaron Hicks 70 million for 10 years which sounds crazy but you give you're paying him set for a guy like that making that little I mean that's crazy uh same with Severino four years and 40 million he's making 10 million dollars a year that's nothing for that kind of guy lock him up early get those figured out Luke Voigt, you know, nowhere near a huge contract. It Glaber Torres is years away, and Duhar. You can go out and get a Garrett Cole, but if they sign Corbin and they sign Machado and they sign this guy, this guy, this guy, you might be looking at having to pay. You're seeing Aaron Judge go or Sanchez go or, or somebody like that. I'd be, but, again, flipping my lid because the Yankees, just like the Red Sox, have an absolute license to print money, and there should be no excuse for the amount of money I pay to go to a Yankees game for them to have to turn around and tell me that we're not putting the best product on the field like the Red Sox are right now. And my question is, do you think that's the reason why Dombrowski was fired earlier in the year is because he was ready to jump across the table and say, I won't trade Mookie Betts for anybody but Mike Trout or Cody Bellinger? Yes, I do. Well, it's but a goddamn shame. He's also been in the spot before. I mean, he was the architect of that Marlins team that had the fire sale after that, and he was, you know, that Tigers team that went for the went for it all for about a two, three year window, and then you see where they are now. I mean, it's not just paying guys; it's also trading every bit of talent that and draining your farm system to the point where you're not getting any return on on guys for another three, four, five years if you're lucky. Yeah, I agree you with know, you, and I think honestly, I think I think Dombrowski's only mistake was giving Sale that massive contract for paying. I mean, honestly, Sale's a depreciating asset because his velo- his velo's down. He's got a lot of innings on that arm. He ends up on the DL at least once or twice a year. I think he should have said thanks for the World Series. We're gonna let you go, but. Aside from that, I think he did a good job building up that franchise. Well, the Evaldi, the Evaldi re-signing was really bad. True. He's been hurt so many times in his career. I also did think that the price move, although he got you a World Series, and you know my, you know my, you know, feeling on it, where even if you get one out of him, the contract was worth it. But it's that's another deal. I mean, they so grossly overpaid for him. You know, they were paying Hanley Ramirez's buyout. They, they've made a lot of bad business decisions, but they got a championship out of it. And, and if Mookie goes on to have a great couple years and a great, you know, another rest of his seven, eight-year career, nine-year career elsewhere, but the Red Sox rebuild everything and they win a championship. I mean, remember, this is a franchise, I know to new Red Sox fans and to us, sickingly enough, only know them from really winning over the last 20 years. 
you know, they're, they've won what four championships, Oh, four, Oh seven, 13 and not, and 18. And they're in the contention every year. This is a franchise that literally didn't win for 86 years. So this is not, is the fan base pissed? Do they have the right to be pissed? Yeah. Is this about as bad of a trade as you could ever see in professional sports? Yeah. But talk to the 85 year old Red Sox fan who didn't think he'd see one who's seen four. You know, they might do it again if they had to. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a tough situation to be in, but I'll tell you what. If if this was the Yankees, I'd be fucking pissed. Couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't agree more. It's 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 a water. It was a watershed move, and and we'll see if you know the Cubs or Rockies follow with Arenado or Bryant trades as spring training himself. Rockies, I can understand again, but. With that being said, the MLB is in the news a lot, and I don't think it's for good things. Um, let's talk some XFL. Did you watch it yes. this week? Nope, but I watched some highlights. How about you? I did watch the highlights as well. It may be one of those things where week one, there's a lot of hype and it falls off. Still feeling it a little bit more than the AAFL, though, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch it simply because I had other things going on, and the NFL or the XFL rather is not going to be something that I cancel other things for. But if I'm around, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely stay. I'll step definitely, uh, you know, tune in next week. This kind are of we week. New York? What is it? Guardians fans? What the hell are they called? I am. I'm rooting for the Guardians. They're the. That's their name, right? Yes. Me as well. I'm rooting for them too. They got rocked this week. Uh, in D.C. who look like they're the best team in the league with Cardell Jones at quarterback. Um, I still like it. I mean, I think a lot of – I think this was a tough weekend because a lot of people were traveling for the holiday weekend. Um, but I still think it's something that if you're not doing anything on Saturday or Sunday afternoon, you're going to watch this sport. I agree with you, man. I, I think they've done a good job getting the networks and getting in at the right time because – Listen, man, this weekend there's not going to be much to watch, so you may I may find my way to watching a couple of these games. Me too, man. One thing I will like to say, shout out Bleacher Report, you got to get an XFL uh, section in there. You don't have it, and I'm trying to follow my Guardians, and I can't do it. I actually had to download the XFL app to follow the Guardians. Sheesh, so what, the, what a first world team. problem, bro. Well, yeah, I'm just saying they have every sport under the sun on there. I agree so you with you. You think that they would put this on, or the XFL would partner with them? They got a That's fucking college fun, rugby yeah. app, but they don't have you know college rugby section, but they don't have that on the app. Exactly. Just saying. It might I'm help surprised by bit. that. I didn't even know that to be honest. I haven't they gone to Bleacher Report wanna, and looked. Yeah, they might just want to build their their own thing through their app. You know, and, and hey, they got me to download it, but it's free, so I don't know how they're making money off it. But oh I mean, well, they're keeping your data handy, buddy. Well, that's it. I mean, I think that they it, it, Bleacher Report's probably like, well, you know, gain some traction first, then we'll add you. But I want to know who's on this team because aside from Matt McLoyne, I don't know who anybody is. So I'll have my roster pulled up when they play next if I'm watching, and. uh you know, I still I still think this thing could work. We'll see a little dip in ratings after the initial, you know, excitement. But uh, I would say actually more intrigue than excitement. But we'll we'll see at the end of it if the t- the TV the TV deals are in place at least through the first year. So we're not going to worry about that. But all those economic concerns that we that you brought up last pod, um, you know, obviously those are going to be at the forefront through uh, the next eight weeks. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Anything else going on? Not really, man. This is a rough time of the sports calendar. Um, college basketball, but it's not been a really fun year of college basketball, at least to me. The UConn women are out of the top five for the first time since 2007. Sheesh. They're six right now. I think that's pretty noteworthy. But, yeah, spring training, man. We're five. On, it, we're about five weeks away from first pitch as far as the uh, regular season's concerned. The first spring training game is Saturday, so that's, you know, you always look forward to baseball. But other than that, I mean, this is just a rough point of the year. So what are you doing to pass your time? Anything good? 
Just working, man. Not really. You know, Dino Hive Coast still up and running. We're gonna be doing this. I may write a review about Parasite, my friend, on our on our lovely website, SonySports.com. Oh yeah, you said you were gonna watch it. What'd you think? I thought it was an incredible movie. There wasn't a second wasted. Wow. People that Not people good, that wear huh? reading glasses, you may need them because it's subtitles uh, across the board. But I thought it was one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Very symbolic, very deep. Um, but again, it was about two hours and twelve minutes, and I can honestly say, I don't think there was a second wasted. Wow. Wow. Well, hey, I mean, it got best picture, right? So very deserving. I, I think they got it right best. this year. I like to hear that take. I haven't watched it. Um, don't know if I will and not just mostly because I'm not a huge movie guy. But I'm glad to hear that it was that good. Usually when after an award comes out and, and a movie wins the award, you know, your expectation level gets even higher, which sometimes makes it hard to reach that. So that's good to hear. No, I, I went in it not even knowing the plot or anything, which I think is the way you should go into it. And I really enjoyed it. And again, you don't have to go to the movies and see it right now. I rented it on Amazon for three ninety nine. That works. So if you, need, you know what, way. you should see it. I'll Venmo you the four bucks if 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 you're really that torn on it. All you have to spare is the time. Just hit me up with a Venmo request. Four bucks for the Venmo. The time is much more valuable than that. Okay, buddy. But, um. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, there's still a bunch of movies I want to see, too. Uh, I'm just, you know, I talk about these like I want to see them, and then time goes by and I don't see them. Because I'm never grabbed at watching a movie. I don't know why. I don't know, man. All right, well, we'll be back next week. Hopefully there's some good sports news. Um, I'm hoping the MLB gets their shit together because we need something to talk about. I'm just looking forward to watching the first spring training game, man. That always means that we're getting that much closer. And through all of this shit, I think, you know, you and I are baseball purists. The people that are listening who love baseball, is this a pain in the ass? Yeah. Is this tarnishing the game? Sure. But that's more from the outside looking in. From the inside and, and the people that love the sport, you know, this is the time of year you start getting antsy for it, and I'm not going to let this shit ruin it. Absolutely, man. Well, everybody have a good rest of their week, and we'll be back next week. All right. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Bye.